Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Yes, we're recording. We did it. Huzzah. We're finally back. <laughs> hey. We didn't die. <laughs> we're still here. Surprise. Ta-da. Still breathing, still, yep. Honestly, I think it's funny that, like, what was it? The last time we rec- the last time we recorded, I think we did two episodes in one. I so think we would so. have it, and yeah. then, and then stuff happened. <laughs> and then I was yes. like, oh, we don't have any yeah. backups now. <laughs> nope. Nope. And we're like, well, we could have put someone out, but we didn't, and that's okay. Yeah. Because life happens. It does. And there's not much you can do about it. No. You know what? I mean, sometimes things just happen. Like, you don't end up, like, not a lot of people make it to school for every single class session. Not everyone makes it to work every single day throughout the year. And you don't always end up going to church every single Sunday because things just happen. And you know what? Our podcast just couldn't happen for the last two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Honestly, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. While I was packing everything, like, and working with the movers and then moving, I was mm-hmm. like, if I had to release an episode on top of this, I would probably yes. die. Yeah, so, that's a lot to take on. Yeah. And then I've been on drugs, so yeah. I'm not sure I was in the right mental space. To... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it would have been very entertaining. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, Got to enjoy some Oxycontin, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, enjoy the flow. Kaylee was high for two weeks. It's fine. Yes, it's cool. But it was important. Yeah, you know, yeah. hospital trips and fun adventures and, you know, you got to take care of your heart. So I... For real. And sometimes you need a lot of help. And that's, I got the help I needed. So. Thank Goodness, it's about dang time. I know. <laughs> Good lord. My gosh, after all the drama of this year with my health <laughs> for the last couple of months, it's been ridiculous. So but but, a problem, and that's what matters. Yes. So hey, that's like another form of revelation that they were just like, here, that's what happened, and I was like, oh, well. There you go. Prayers answered in ways that you didn't expect for 500, Alex, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yeah. That's not, nothing went the way I expected it to or wanted it to. But I am out on the other side and things are looking up and. It worked out the way it was meant to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm on the mend. You're you're moved, and we have finally. It's almost <laughs> like things are normal, but they're really not. They're as normal as they can be. Yeah, for 2020, yeah. anyways. For real, because nothing is normal anymore. Oh. Uh, all right. So as you can tell, <laughs> we have been alluding to this. We've talked about Revelation a lot over mm-hmm. the last few months, really. Yes. But especially during our moving out on our own episode, we talked about it. And then Kaylee and I have been having these conversations about Revelation for months and months and months and months and months. <laughs> so yes, it was yeah. only, it's only a matter of time before we decided to talk about Revelation. Mm-hmm. So now this 
can be in regards to figuring out what to do with your life, if, when, where you need to move, um, and about questions you have unanswered but are seeking more to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, we really feel like understanding the spirit and working on your own personal habits of seeking revelation are very important as you continue to grow as a young single adult, especially very. understanding the spirit. Mm-hmm. Everyone interprets the spirit differently in their lives. The spirit speaks to everyone differently and figuring out how the spirit speaks to you is like the most crucial thing that I think you can learn as a young single adult. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Like um, the more I've been thinking about revelation and preparing for this specific episode, I've been thinking about the different ways that we uh, try to comprehend personal revelation. And there's just so many ways that we, that we could. And so I think it's very important that we are able to build a foundation um, upon the principles of the church about the, about the doctrine so that we are prepared to receive the revelation so that we can make it into a more frequent um, habit, so to speak, so that we can receive it as much as possible, as often as possible, and be properly prepared. Because, I mean, it's like being gifted with a, a really cool samurai sword or something. Like, you need to know how to wield it. Yeah. Um, or at least you really should uh, before you start playing around with it. Or at least stick it on the wall so you can't, like, <laughs> hurt yourself with it or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have, like, four subtopics within our topic of Revelation that we want to cover today. So the first one is the Holy Ghost versus the Light of Christ. Second one is learning to understand the Spirit. The third one is types of Revelation. And the fourth one is ask and ye shall receive. So exciting. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. All right. So. We're going to start with the gift of the Holy Ghost versus the light of Christ straight out of gospel topics on LDS.org or churchofjesuschrist.org, whatever your preference is. That's what it is. So it says the light of Christ is the divine energy, power or influence that proceeds from God through Christ and gives life and light to all things. The light of Christ influences people for good and prepares them to receive the Holy Ghost. One manifestation of the light of Christ is what we call a conscience. So that is something that everybody has. Everybody has the light of Christ in them because we are all sons and daughters of God. But that does not mean that everyone is entitled to receiving direct revelation and inspiration from the Holy Ghost every single day of their lives because they have the light of Christ. It just means that they have a conscience and they are sensitive and open to receiving promptings of light and truth from the light of Christ. So that's how people are able to feel and recognize the spirit when they are investigating the church and when they're just learning about everything. So that way they can receive that confirmation that the church is true. And then when they're baptized, they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. So it continues with all honest seekers of the truth can feel the influence of the Holy Ghost, leading them to Jesus Christ and his gospel. However, the fullness of the blessings given through the Holy Ghost are available only to those who receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and remain worthy. The gift of the Holy Ghost is different from the influence of the Holy Ghost. Before baptism, a person can feel the influence of the Holy Ghost from time to time, and through that influence can receive a testimony of the truth. After receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, a person has the right to the constant companionship of that member of the Godhead if he or she keeps the commandments. I love that. And I think it's so important, like what you just said, that the gift of the Holy Ghost is different from the influence of the Holy Ghost. And it's important that we're able to differentiate um, such important principles 
so that we have a better understanding of what we end up receiving um, and about the influences that we can experience within our life. I just feel like sometimes people don't really understand the Holy Ghost as well as we should. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we take the, the gift of the Holy Ghost for granted, and it's important to pay closer attention to the different influences uh, to our conscience and to be able to separate them to know where everything is coming from. Because yeah. sometimes we take uh, certain things, certain gifts for granted, and it's very important that we do not do that with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I think it's important to also recognize that once you have the gift of the Holy Ghost and you remain worthy of your baptismal covenants, you are entitled to revelation every single day that you ask for it. Um, That's true. It's anytime, not limited or anything. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere you can receive revelation mm-hmm. as long as you're upholding your baptismal covenants. Or your covenants that you have made up to this point. Agreed. And I mean, honestly, the idea of revelation is one of my favorite pieces of doctrine within our church. Like not a lot of religions believe in current revelation um, or that anyone can uh, receive it. And Mm -hmm. that's always been one of the stronger cornerstones of my own core beliefs, because without revelation, then my own testimony, my own beliefs are just predicated on those of others like from my parents to church leaders to the prophet and so on. Um, But whereas personal revelation can act as a, as a guide to me personally um, throughout any point in my life, as long as I am worthy, like you said, um, so that I am able to understand the truth of the gospel and to progress as a human being. I think that's a good way to put it too, is that it's the way that we can continue to progress as humans in this life, which is awesome. Right, So exactly. So going with that, we're going to move into our second topic, which is learning to understand the spirit. So I want to point out that there is no right or wrong way to interpret the spirit or to feel the spirit or to hear the spirit or anything. There is no like specific measured way or prescribed way that the spirit speaks to every single one of us because it's different Mm -hmm. to all of us. Some people it's through like thoughts, some people it's through feelings, etc. Exactly. Yeah. That always that always used to confuse me because I was like, okay, I have to listen for a small voice like in my ear, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or okay, I have to wait for my my heart or my chest to feel hot or cozy or something like that's not always the case for me personally and so that took me a few years to better understand exactly how the holy ghost communicates with me because i mean the way i communicate with you tracy versus like my parents that's gonna be super different so why would i so why would the holy ghost communicate to each person in the same way that it doesn't make sense like we're all gonna have our own separate and unique relationships with the holy ghost and in that manner, you will learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and to receive that revelation. Exactly. And through your own personal study of the topics of revelation and the gift of the Holy Ghost, you'll begin to understand more clearly how the Spirit talks to you. And like Kaylee and I have both shared, like it's important to recognize that the burning in your bosom is not often the way the Spirit will communicate with you. And you'll learn more about how to recognize the Spirit as you seek His counsel. So, like, the more you are asking the Lord questions and seeking answers, the more you'll start to understand and recognize how the Spirit speaks to you, which will ultimately help you figure out everything about Revelation from then on. And I like how the point is made in um, 
an ensign from 1983 in the article, The Candle of the Lord, it says that the spirit does not get our attention by shouting or shaking us with a heavy hand. Rather, it whispers, it caresses so gently that if we are preoccupied, we may not feel it at all. Occasionally, it will press just firmly enough for us to pay heed. But most of the time, if we do not heed the gentle feeling, the spirit will withdraw and wait until we come seeking and listening and say in our manner and expression, like Samuel of ancient times, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Now, it does give a few suggestions on how the spirit may communicate. But this part, I really like how it says that the spirit will wait until we're ready to hear it and will communicate with us as as it should. And then the spirit will come back when we are ready um, or when we come seeking or listening. I think that's just really important because I don't like I, I used to get so caught up in the in the idea that I had to be super quiet or I had to wait for the burning in my bosom to to do anything that I thought might be something good to do. Um, but one way I liked how one of my my rather frank church leaders once told me was that if you do have a good idea and it's going to be a positive effect on others, then it's probably from the Lord. Like, no matter how you receive that idea. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the ways I've tried to look at um, the the idea of receiving revelation. That as long as it's it's got a positive effect, then it most likely is. Um, whether it's through a burning of the bosom, whether it's through a tingling of my spine or something like that, uh, the, the spirit will seek our attention in a gentle manner. It's not probably going to slap us across the face, as helpful as that would be sometimes, mm-hmm. but the spirit will be there to try and talk to us when we are ready. Yeah. In my experience, it very rarely will slap you across the face. Like, because mm-hmm. I remember reading, like, about... Alma and the sons of Mosiah and how like the Lord basically like struck them dumb and they couldn't move for like a few days. And that's when the spirit was like really talking to them and working with them. Mm -hmm. And I thought for like my entire youth that that's how the Lord would communicate with me is that he'd just knock me unconscious for a couple days and then like reveal everything to me while I'm like in a state of catatonicness. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But in reality, like, It's just like you said, like the spirit is going to be very quiet and calm first, and he's going to make it known to us when we are finally ready to hear whatever it is. So it could be that we were like Alma and the sons of Mosiah who were off, you know, committing sin and doing our own thing and refusing to listen to the spirit. And then when we finally change our minds and decide that we're going to listen, that's when the Lord will finally start to talk to us and make his presence known. Exactly. I mean, honestly, in my experience, I've only been slapped in the face like twice <laughs> by the spirit. And one of them oh, nice. was because I was ignoring promptings for right. months, <laughs> months because yep. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> so Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, understandable. But but yeah, like, like we were saying earlier, the Lord and the spirit will communicate with us in a way so that they can eventually be heard. Mm-hmm. But like they, yes, would very much prefer to do it through a whispering because that that's how we need to be preparing ourselves to to hear that um but you know yeah there's gonna be times where we get slapped in the face or tripped up on our path throughout life where the lord's like yeah you really do need to hear this and i'm not gonna let you ignore this any longer yeah it's like jonah when jonah got swallowed by the whale like the lord is like no you can't yeah you can't you can't escape me so just accept me accept this and move forward Yep. The Lord will find other ways to do that to us. And it's going to be in ways often that we don't like. That's usually what a slap in the face is. Sometimes it could be, you know, losing a job or having to move or 
um, receiving like some really uncomfortable advice or something. It could be all sorts of things that we may not really want, but often those are the blessings in disguise that we are given. Basically everything that's happened to you and me in the last year. Hey. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I I have this one quote by Gordon B. Hankley. Yes. It's one of my favorite quotes because I always get a lot of questions from my friends and from members and people that were in Relief Society with me about how you know, how, how do you know that like a prompting that you've gotten or like a thought that you've gotten is actually revelation? And so Gordon B. Hinckley gives this perfect answer, which I feel like everybody needs to know. So buckle up, folks. Mm. So he says, that's the test. When all is said and done, does it persuade one to do good, to rise, to stand tall, to do the right thing, to be kind, to be generous? Then it is of the spirit of God. If it invites to do good, it is of God. If it inviteth to do evil, it is of the devil. And if you are doing the right thing and you are living the right way, you will know in your heart what the spirit is saying to you. You recognize the promptings of the spirit by the fruits of the spirit. That which enlighteneth, that which buildeth up, that which is positive and affirmative and uplifting and leads us to better thoughts and better words and better deeds is of the spirit of God. I love that quote because that's awesome. A lot of times for me, it's always like a random thought will pop into my head. And it could be Uh something as simple as like, send Kaylee a text message or like, you should check on this person or, you know, you should consider moving across the country. (laughs) The usual. (laughs) The usual. It's always, for me, it's usually a thought. And Uh what I do with that thought afterwards is what depends on me getting more revelation. So if I take that bait of texting Kaylee or checking in on someone else, I am showing the Lord not only that I'm willing to do the things that he's asking me to do, no matter how simple or how difficult they might be, Mm -hmm. but I'm also trying to test the revelation to see if it is from God. If it's something as simple as like sending a text message to Kaylee or checking in on someone, obviously that's going to bring good things about. It's not going to bring bad things about. But if like if I reach out to Kaylee and Kaylee says that she is working on summoning the devil in her kitchen. Um, Because why not? And she she wants my help with it. Then obviously I know that that was a bad idea and I should not do that. So it really just comes down to what President Hinckley said and then what Moroni says in chapter seven, which read chapter seven of Moroni. It helps explain things a lot more too, um, of looking at the fruits of the promptings that you've gotten. So if you have a prompting to do something good, do it. Just do it. And then the Lord will trust you more with the bigger revelations as he sees you taking steps to follow those little ones. Agreed. And I mean, actually, one of the things I've noticed in the last couple of years is when I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Those are sometimes more pronounced than the realizations I get after after following through with the Spirit. Like there'll be times where I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I should have put I should have grabbed that other person's car and offered to put it away for them. Or it'll, it'll be like on my walk, I should have picked up that trash or something like it'll be like very minor things usually where I get the urge to like tell someone something nice. And sometimes I don't always follow through with them because I get uncomfortable and I get embarrassed and I come up with all the excuses not to do anything. And, um, and then it does not take long for the spirit to be like, 
Kaylee, that was that was me. And you should have done that. And I'll be like, oh, snap. Whereas there are other times where I do follow through and I'm like, oh, that was, that was nice. That was good. All right. Well, cool. All right. Done. Moving on with my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I don't always get a big um, a big feeling from the spirit saying like, oh, that was perfect. That's exactly what you're doing. Like the, the spirit isn't there to what's what's the word to praise us. Yeah. I guess let's put it that way. Like the Holy Spirit is there to help you through with the actions that you take. If you, mm-hmm. you will, the spirit will give you things to do and help you receive revelation and you have the option to do whatever you want about it. And it, there is no guarantee all the time that you'll receive like a really nice pat on the back or something like sometimes it's just like, okay, like, yeah, that was good. All right. Then get ready to do more because that's how, <laughs> that's how the world of goodness works. Like there's always more to do. Yeah. All right. So for those of you that are still trying to understand how the spirit speaks to you and how to recognize the spirit more fully in your life, I highly recommend reading Preach My Gospel Chapter 4 because it is entirely about learning to understand and recognize the spirit and not just like in terms of missionary work, even though obviously like a lot of the things that it points to is pointed towards missionary work. But there are activity bubbles and spots for you to take time to reflect on your own study, your like personal study, how you do with the scriptures, how your prayers are, if you're like doing the laundry list prayer or if you're like really communicating with the Lord and your revelation seeking habits. They are really great. Some of them are evaluations and others are tables of scripture um, that list how the spirit speaks to us. And so I like that. There's kind of a long list. I pulled out a few, but I think I'm even going to narrow these down. I'll put all of them on the um, the Instagram post so you guys can look at them and read them on your own. But some of the ones that I really like are gives feelings of love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, faith, and hope. Gives ideas in the mind and feelings in the heart. So that way your mind and your heart are going in the same direction. It gives good feelings to teach if something is true. It enlightens your mind. It replaces darkness with light. And it strengthens your desire to avoid evil and obey the commandments. And that's just some of them. There's even more. So I highly recommend going back and looking at Preach My Gospel Chapter 4. You won't regret it. It's it's a lot of good stuff, you guys. All right. And then we'll dive in from there. Yeah, about talking about the different types of revelation, because there's different types and we need to be prepared for. (laughs) (laughs) for As soon as you finish listening to this episode, um, read and listen or read or listen, whatever combination you want. Um, to the talk, The Spirit of Revelation by David A. Bednar from the April 2011 General Conference. Don't yeah. question us, uh, just, just do it. Do it. <laughs> Seriously, this is our revelation to you that you need to read and listen to it. Can we do that? I don't know if we can, but I just said it. So. I mean, I yeah. mentioned it in our last episode. Yeah, I was going to say, because... I remember you talking about it and I was like, this this sounds like such a good talk. And I looked it up and I've had it up in my browser and I glance at it every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't like totally finished reading through it and I haven't given like a good like five to ten minutes just to really 
embrace it and listen to it, which I know I need to. Yeah. Um, but I know I've skimmed it a bit since we since our last episode, and I was like, there is so much goodness in this. Like, how have I not been like reading this every day of my life? Honestly, there's so much content in it, and it's mm-hmm. a little overwhelming at first. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. But it, it is it a lot, is, but it's, it's so worth it. such an important talk. And I really, like, I know I mentioned it briefly last week, or not last week, last time we had an episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mentioned it briefly because I wanted to go more in depth with it this week when we actually talked about Revelation. Because mm-hmm. as important as getting Revelation is and understanding Revelation is for a move, it's more important for, like, everyday life. And this hits every single point that you could possibly think of on the head. Mm-hmm. So. so again, that's the spirit of revelation by David A. Bednar from the April, 2011 general conference. Yes. So let's get into it. He starts by describing two different types of experiences we've had surrounding light. And there's also like a video series on LDS.org. I think it's called patterns of light oh, and yeah. it's based off of this talk. Yes. So watch the videos too. Okay. But the two different experiences with light are turning on a light in a dark room and watching the sunrise. So for the first one, when we enter a dark room and turn on a light, all that was once unknown becomes seen, illuminated, and clear. And then conversely, when we watch the sunrise, we start in complete darkness and just see little glimmers of light stretch over the horizon, bit by bit, until the entire area around us is fully illuminated. The light from the sunrise happened gradually and slowly, with the intensity of the light increasing ever so slightly. These two examples of light very clearly explain the difference in how we can receive revelation. I really love that. I mean, analogies are like my favorite thing anyway. (laughs) So, but to like talk about that kind of light is just super, it's super refreshing and it's so clear. Like it, Oh, that just makes so much sense. I mean, I've watched a lot of sunsets and I've watched a lot of sunrises and it's just like, there's no certain time. Like, I think it's so ridiculous when, I mean, I think it's kind of funny, but also ridiculous when they're just like, okay, what time is the sunset? What time is the sunrise? And I'll give you a very precise time. Whereas it's, it takes its time. Like the light stretches over the horizon, just like you were saying, and it's gradual and it's slow. And then it increases bit by bit. So, yeah, one moment you can't really see all the trees before you or something, but then slowly, bit by bit, they become more obvious. And then with more light, everything becomes a little bit more clear bit by bit. And as you're talking, it was just making me think about what I was saying earlier about how I don't always feel like I receive a, like a good, like a real solid or loud confirmation about the good things that I do on occasion. But it's like, well, Sometimes it's like receiving a little bit of light because you're already expecting things to be there when the light turns on. Like, especially like if you've seen the sunset or the sunrise, or I guess, yeah, if you've seen the sunrise before, then you kind of already are expecting certain colors to appear. You're expecting a certain um, layout before you. So as for me, like sometimes I might be expecting a certain feeling. And even as it comes, I'm just like, okay, obviously it's here. Now I can move on and, and just take it as I go sort of concept. Whereas it's very important that as we see the light, as we come to, to see all the, that the light includes that we are able to appreciate it and to use it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to read this first quote from the talk. 
Elder Bednar says, A light turned on in a dark room is like receiving a message from God quickly, completely, and all at once. Many of us have experienced this pattern of revelation as we've been given answers to sincere prayers or been provided with needed direction or protection according to God's will and timing. Descriptions of such immediate and intense manifestations are found in the scriptures, recounted in church history, and evidenced in our own lives. Indeed, these mighty miracles do occur. However, this pattern of revelation tends to be more rare than common. A perfect Mm -hmm. example, like we shared earlier, was Alma and the Sons of Mosiah. That was immediate, intense, (laughs) completely, all at once. An angel came down to see them. Yeah. Like, you cannot ignore that. And now let's read this next quote about the other kind. So he continues by saying, The gradual increase of light radiating from the rising sun is like receiving a message from God, line upon line, precept upon precept. Most frequently, revelation comes in small increments over time and is granted according to our desire, worthiness, and preparation. Such communications from Heavenly Father gradually and gently distill upon our souls as the dews from heaven. This pattern of revelation tends to be more common than rare. Sometimes the sun rises on a morning that is cloudy or foggy. Because of the overcast conditions, perceiving the light is more difficult, and identifying the precise moment when the sun rises over the horizon is not possible. But on such a morning, we nonetheless have sufficient light to recognize a new day and to conduct our affairs. In a similar way, we many times receive revelation without recognizing precisely how or when we are receiving said revelation. What? Yes, that's exactly what I was just saying. I guess I should have just waited for you to quote everything. And you could, like, <laughs> say it every, like so much better than me with Bednar's help. Goodness. I mean, Bednar said it, not me. <laughs> Bednar, yes. Thank you. Good, sir. Uh, because, yeah, that's uh, that's so clear. Like, even on a foggy day, there is some light. And that's sometimes how the revelation is going to work. Like, and it makes me think of how everyone has always talked about their big revelations and their, the confirmations that they receive upon knowing that the church is true, upon knowing that the Book of Mormon is true. And people all, are always sharing their testimonies about what a strong um, realization and discovery that they have, especially as like new people begin to explore the church and go through the lessons and so on. It's important for everyone, no matter um, your arrival into the church, into the gospel, to to study things out for yourself and to know them for yourself it's important that you receive that revelation but it wasn't until the last couple of years where i realized okay like yeah i know this is true i believe this um but i've never had that really strong i've never had the light switch suddenly click on for me it's been a very slow gradual thing where i'm just like well yeah this this is true like this is these are my beliefs and um i believe them wholeheartedly i and I love them and everything, but I never really had that like really strong moment where I was just like, yes, this is true. That's true. This is true. This is true. Um, but sometimes it really is like on a foggy morning where we have enough light and it's, we know the light is there and we're using it, but it's not a stark realization with like the light burning in our eyes or anything. Yeah. And I think something important to remember is that sometimes we're not going to get the whole answer even after, you know, like the sun is completely up. Sometimes we'll get just enough information to get us through to the next day. Yeah. And then 
the next day we'll get a little bit more information to get us through to the next day. So it mm-hmm. really is just line upon line, precept upon precept, a yeah. little here, a little there. Like it's all going to come together eventually. And then mm-hmm. one day you're going to look back on however many years of experience you've gotten and you'll be like, oh, I guess I did get my answer. Mm-hmm. It just took a long time for me to get here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is very true. Yeah, I've realized that's how I tend to receive the majority of my revelation by looking back and being like, oh, yeah, I did have that answer. I haven't had I haven't had to ask that question in a long time now. Mm-hmm. And I all right, then that's weird sometimes. But you know, that's the way revelation works sometimes. I think sometimes maybe if I did get an angel appearing to me, I don't think I could handle that. So the Holy Spirit really is looking for ways to help me ease into receiving revelation and is working with me so I can keep moving forward. I agree. (laughs) I think it would be a little overwhelming if an angel came down every now and then and like just told me specifically what had to happen. But at the same time, it would be really nice to just. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm. Get one clear answer. Oh my gosh, if I could get an angel and just be like, here, by the way, this is what you're supposed to do right now. And I'd be like, whoa, really? Like, okay, yes, awesome. Like, I can do that. But yeah, that's not the way it's going to work. No. I really like this other, this last quote from Elder Bednar. Uh He says, I have talked with many individuals who question the strength of their personal testimony and underestimate their spiritual capacity because they do not receive frequent, miraculous, or strong impressions. If you have had similar thoughts or doubts, please know that you are quite normal. Just keep pressing forward and walk with faith in the Savior. Oh my gosh, that's so important. I mean, I don't know, like all throughout my life, I've been hearing people say like, yeah, you shouldn't have doubts. You should always like stick to your faith and everything. But I mean, doubt, doubts are normal. They're it, it's And that's okay. Like you don't need to immediately start freaking out and being like, okay, and, you know, spiral out because, I mean, at least for me, that is very easy to do. Um, just be like, okay, well, if this doesn't make sense, then that doesn't make sense, and then that doesn't make sense. And then, you, I just, you know, you might create all these crazy connections, and then you start doubting everything about yourself. And that is scary and very hard to go through. Um, whereas we need to accept that doubting is okay. Like, that is the realization of where we stand at that particular moment. And it yeah. doesn't mean that we are going to stand right there forever. Like yeah. it's, it's just being like, Oh, Oh, so this is where I'm, I'm at. Okay. Well, I can either stay here or I can take a new direction. What direction do I want to take and what kind of work am I willing to do to start moving again? Yeah. It's okay to have doubts and it's okay to like second guess yourself. Like I know that we in the church, we tend to just focus on the whole, like, focus on your faith and just keep going and just do it and everything will work out fine. Yeah. Okay. But like some of us are naturally anxious people and we can't just do that. Like we Mm -hmm. have to, we tend to question everything that comes in our lives. I'm speaking from personal experience. I question everything that happens in my life. (laughs) So I think it's important to know that like, it's okay to have those questions and it's okay to question things that are happening around you. But like, ask the Lord those questions. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you need to use the right path. Yes. To do that. So important. Yeah. Like be careful of where, where you're going, like accept those doubts and 
and figure out where you want to take those mm -hmm. um, and how you want to, you know, trade them out for faith or something else. Uh, I was going through uh, Twitter earlier today and I saw one person's post who I really like. They were talking about some um, something about the Quorum of the Twelve. And then someone mentioned that doubt is not sinful and personal revelation, which may result in disagreements with people within the church, is a key part of Mormon theology. And I just really liked how that I just really like how simple that is, because doubt is not a sin. Like yeah. that's that is natural. Um, like our anxiety is natural. Like it's OK to question things. And it's important to understand that revelation is going to be different for people. Um, I was reading an article on the Herald Dextra. Um, they were talking about the faithfulness of the millennial generation in the church. Okay. And um, I just and I think it's just one person who's done some research on it. His name is John Moore. And I just really liked how it how he said this. He said, I think it's healthy for every member of the church, born the born and raised and the convert alike to come to a point where you question what you've been taught and what you have actively tried to learn. Questions naturally come, struggles naturally come, but many things you can't struggle and be strong at the same time. It isn't all or nothing. I've been fooled into thinking that, which led to the thought that I wasn't strong just because I've struggled. The truth is the contrary. As we struggle, we get stronger. I love that. Yes. And I think it's the one thing that I really got out of that plus the talk by Elder Bednar is that mm -hmm. you are completely normal no matter what way you receive revelation. The important thing to recognize is that you will receive revelation exactly how the Lord sees fit to send it to you. And Very true. he will continue to adjust the way he speaks to you so that way you can understand it. Just know that whichever way the Lord throws revelation at you, he's doing it in the way that he knows you're ready for and you can handle and understand. He's not going to like, like you said, he's not just going to drop an angel at your house every other day to tell you a message because mm -hmm. he knows that we can't handle that most of the time. Yes. But he'll well, tell you little things and guide you the right way so that way you know what he wants from you. All right. Well, and then it's also the factor of needing to have and to use our agency. Um, the different ways that we can receive revelation often come in a form that leaves us that leaves it a little bit open to interpretation to a certain extent, um, as well as the opportunity to choose whether or not we act, mm -hmm. um, which is so important because, yeah, I'd love the I'd love to get told like, OK, yeah, just go do this. Go do that. Like, OK, yeah, it's time for you to move now and you're going to move here and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, which is not often the dark the sorry the revelation that i tend to receive my the type of revelation i often receive is just reminders on the kind of person that i need to be working on becoming yeah. um, and then that and by becoming that kind of person that's helped me to make the certain choices i need to in my in my life um to get to where i am today and hopefully to progress I don't know, like, I've been thinking about the ways I often receive revelation, and it's often after connecting with other people. Like, I remember being at some random event with my sister. We, we were, like, avoiding the main group of people because we didn't know, like, anyone there. It was some weird family event or other. And <laughs> we just, we were talking about something random, and I don't really remember what it is now, but I remember she said something to me that just, like, struck me so hard. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is the kind of person that I should be. Like, I need to be working on this. And I could tell, right, and I, and that's one of the stronger moments that I've, where I've received revelation that was important to me. Well, it 
all Revelation is important to me. Um, <laughs> but, but it's one of the starting moments where I was like, okay, this is something serious that I need to be working on. And it's helped me to kind of keep an eye out and an ear out for the different forms of revelation that I might receive in my life. Yeah. It's very difficult to finally be at a place where you can easily recognize the spirit. I have gotten a lot of questions <laughs> over my adult life, like basically since just before I decided to go on a mission to like right now, because people ask me all the time how I'm able to listen to the spirit and understand the spirit so easily. Uh-huh. And it's not that it's easy for me to understand it. It's just that I have worked on it for so long that I can pick it up a little bit quicker than other people can. Mm-hmm. But like, it takes work. You have to put in yeah. the effort and you have to be willing to continuously put in that effort if you want to be continuously receiving revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that brings us into this next section, which is asking you shall receive. So I went full missionary on this. Perfect. <laughs> if we're teaching investigators this, then it's obviously easy enough for everyone to understand it. So go back to the basics, go back to primary, go back to like when you were first investigating the church and do what you were told then. So at the end of the introduction to the Book of Mormon, there is a pattern and a promise that outlines how to receive revelation regarding the Book of Mormon's truthfulness, but it is fully applicable to receiving revelation for everything in your life. So I'm going to read what it says at the end of the Book of Mormon, or at the end of the introduction, excuse me. It says, we invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, to ponder in their hearts the message it contains, and then to ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if the book is true. Those who pursue this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth and divinity by the power of the Holy Ghost. And then to highlight that, it also does quote Moroni 10 verses 3 through 5, but I'm only going to read 4 through 5 because these are the more important verses. (laughs) It says... And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, ye may know the truth of all things. So now what does that all mean? Basically, these are the steps that are simple for finding truth. Step one, study. So read the scriptures, read conference talks, read BYU devotionals, read books, anything that you can to get more information on the questions that you have or the problems that you're having or anything. Just start studying. Mm -hmm. Step two, ponder. Really think about the things that you're studying. Process them. Digest them. Think about different scenarios or think about different questions that you might have that come up with the things that you're studying. Write those things down, but really take time to think about the things that you've studied so that way you can understand them and retain them. Step three, ask the Lord. And I mean, ask him specific questions. Don't just be like, help me to understand this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. No, you ask questions. You say, Heavenly Father, I am struggling to understand what I'm supposed to do with my life. Am I on the right track by looking in this field? And then listen, listen to him. So don't just like close the prayer, get up, run away and like 
put your headphones in or put Netflix back on. Yeah. Take time to listen to him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the answer is going to come right away, like Elder Bednar said. And sometimes the answer is going to take a while. But the important thing to do is to keep searching and to keep following that pattern until you finally have the answer. Because the promise is sure. The promise is there. The Lord will give you the answer and he will make it manifest to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. So just keep going forward. Don't give up just because you haven't received an answer in like a day or two. Just keep going. Exactly. Yes. Honestly, it is going to take it can take a while for understanding some things, especially the more vague your question is, the longer it's going to take to get an answer. I have definitely realized that throughout my scripture study. Um, I think it was last year when at the very beginning I was like, I really want to understand what grace is and how it applies to church principles and how it applies to me and everything. Um, But my question then was much more vague. And I was like, well, what's grace? And it took me all the entire year to get a better understanding. And there's still times where I feel like I struggle because I didn't put in as much effort as I really should have. I just wanted like one simple answer, one like thesis answer to, be, to explain what grace is. Um, <laughs> but that, that's not how it works. And actually at the end of the year, I, was, I found a book about grace. I think it's by Brad Wilcox. And I have been loving it because it's I'm able to um, – go through it bit by bit and apply those like principles to the scriptures and then see it in my own life. And I'm getting to asking more specific questions that I can look for the answers and then I can go to the Lord. I can study them, ponder them. um, And then I can listen and it makes such a difference. Like I've been learning from my past study habits to changing them up and being more specific and being more clear. And it makes a world of difference. Yeah. I think my, absolute favorite example of this in the Book of Mormon is when Nephi is commanded to build a boat. They lived in essentially the desert their whole lives. And the Lord just up and commands Nephi to build a boat. So like, Mm -hmm. first of all, my first question would be, what the hell is a boat? (laughs) Um, Yes. Second question, how the heck am I supposed to build this thing? Mm -hmm. But instead, Nephi like, He receives this revelation, and I can only imagine that he really thought about this for a couple days and thought Mm -hmm. about what he had to do and the, like, project he had to undertake. And the first thing he asked the Lord is, where am I supposed to go so I can find ore so that I can make tools so that I can build this boat? Mm -hmm. So he wasn't even thinking, like, Heavenly Father, show me a blueprint of (laughs) how you want this boat to be. It was really, like, coming down to the tiniest most minute detail, which was yes. help me find the materials so I can make tools mm-hmm. first. And then he received answers. And then with each step, I mean, they don't document the whole thing in the Book of Mormon. No. That would take forever. But <laughs> from that pattern alone, you have to imagine that he was like, okay, I have made all of the materials or I have made all the tools that I need to make. Mm-hmm. Where do you want me to go so that I can build the hull of the ship or the frame of the ship or whatever mm-hmm. and how am I supposed to construct this how, like all of these right. things and it just goes step by step and so the fact that he was able to do this out of nothing probably never seeing a boat before in his life and was able to build a boat that took his family across the ocean 
to the new land. Like, it's crazy. If he can do that, then you can ask the Lord where you're supposed to move or what you're supposed I, to yeah. do in your life or mm-hmm. who you're supposed to marry. Like, you can ask those questions because, in my opinion, those are nothing in comparison to building a freaking boat. Oh my gosh. So, if Nephi can do it, you can too. Hey, yes. For real. It, it, yeah, and ah, that's just such a good example. Like, I can't get over it right now because you can't, yeah, you can't just be like, I need one overall answer for everything. Like, no, you need to start at the very beginning. It's going to be baby steps. Mm-hmm. And then that's how things are going to happen. I mean, yeah, sometimes the light's going to flick on like right away and you'll know exactly what you need to do. But yeah, other times it's going to be very gradual, like the sun rising over the horizon and you're going to learn it bit by bit and you need to be prepared um, to start with those small questions. If you get more out of one question, then that's great. But sometimes you just need to start small and work your way up. Yeah. And I mean, like in my own life, moving and finding a job has been like the prime example of like the sunrise method because I mean when I first started looking for a job two years ago I was doing it out of spite (laughs) (laughs) because I was unhappy with my current job or my job at the time and I just wanted to get out I said anything anything to get me out of this job will Mm -hmm. do And I applied and I was not consulting the Lord. I was just applying, 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 interviewing, interviewing, interviewing. And I would get so close and then Mm -hmm. it would get taken away. And it wasn't until I finally was like, all right, Heavenly Father, am I supposed to even be looking for a Mm -hmm. job in Orlando that the Lord was like, no. And I was like, well, this what I should have been asking this question <laughs> seven months ago when I started looking at jobs. And yeah. the Lord was like, yeah, your time is, it's not yet, but you're not supposed to be looking in Orlando. And that's when I was like, cool. So I just wasted a lot of time <laughs> and had a lot of headache because I just would not bring myself to ask the Lord the question that needed to be asked. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over the next year, it was, all right, so if I'm not supposed to look in Orlando, am I supposed to be looking in Florida? Right. And as I would look, the Lord would be like, nope, not here. And I would be like, okay, where am I supposed to be looking for a job? And the Lord's like, you'll figure that part out on your own. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, dear. <laughs> He's uh. like, it's not time, so don't worry about it. And I was just like, okay, fine, I'll wait. And then, like, little by little left that job, started a new little one to survive and scrape by and mm-hmm. added another little one to survive and scrape by. And then finally, like, conference hit. And I was like, all right, Heavenly Father, like, we got to buckle down. Mm-hmm. We got to buckle down. We got to start talking about this. Like, where am I supposed to go? And the Lord's like, where do you want to go? That's the real question. Where do you want to go? And then it all started falling into place because I needed to be asking the right questions and I needed to show the Lord that I was willing to listen and do what he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. I still don't know what I'm doing. I still have no idea. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know I'm on the right path and I know that I'm in the right area, but I still don't have a definite answer yet. Yeah. It's it's a very gradual thing. And you're just like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so I feel like it's so important to just, keep working on it like Mm -hmm. 
any time you get like a confirmation answer, that's like take that as a little victory, celebrate it, yes. write it down, and then get to work on finding the next thing mm-hmm. and just building off of it from there. Agreed. And I really like I really think that's very important. I've been thinking about that lately because it's very easy to just pass over the small victories within our life or just like, okay, yeah, we made that, but now we have to work harder and do this now. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's always like, okay, like we can celebrate this later, but it really is important to be like, okay, no, like you, you've been able to do something that you weren't able to do before. That's really important. And it's important that you're able to reflect on it, to ponder how that was able to come to pass and make sure that you were able to move on from that even more with your future. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, just look for more reasons to celebrate, really. Yeah. And on top of that, like, it really helps putting yourself in the right place, both physically and mentally. If you are one of those lucky people that can go to the temple now, go to the temple. That's the best place yeah. for you to be receiving revelation. Really but is. also, like, the Lord has really been pushing us over the last few years since we moved to the studying at home, the church-centered mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Home-centered church, sorry. Um, that you should have somewhere in your home that feels like the temple or feels like the chapel. So you can really retreat there, be at one with the spirit, and focus on what the spirit is trying to tell you. So physically, get there. But then also, your mind needs to be in the right place, too. If you had just been, you know, at a wild party or working and people were screaming in your face it's going to be harder to get into that mental state where the spirit can speak to you and you can actually Mm -hmm. listen but like take time to unwind take time to reconnect with the spirit take time to focus your spirit and focus your mind on the spirit so that way you can be in a holy place both physically and mentally Mm mm-hmm Agreed. I love that. And I was reading uh, Stand It's True Millennials. It's an, it's an article. That's what it is. It's an article by President Russell M. Nelson back in 2016. And he was talking about um, millennials. And he, one of he shares a lot of advice in this really long article. I really enjoyed it. And he said that his first recommendation is to learn for yourself who you really are. Ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ how he feels about you and your mission here on earth. If you ask with real intent, over time the Spirit will whisper the life-changing truth to you. Record those impressions, review them often, and follow through with exactness. And he goes on to explain um, how you should spend time in holy places to make your own home a holy place when you're not able to go to the temple, for example, and how important prayer is. Prayer is a key. It's um, that it's prayer is the key. We need to be using that to know what to stop doing and what to start doing. We need to know what to add to our, in our environment and to find ways to be closer to the spirit. And I just really love how he was able to highlight some of those really good points because we need to use the gift of discernment to um, to better understand what we're meant to be doing. Revelation is just such a unique and personal gift that we're all given that we need to learn how to use that as best as we can because it's going to change our lives. Like that's what it's there to do. And if you want that, then you need to be preparing and doing the little bit that you need to do to make sure that it happens. I agree. I really like what he said and what you shared about how important prayer is in regards to receiving revelation and removing the spirit or sorry, removing negative spirits from your environment. So that way this, the Holy ghost can be with you. 
honestly, like, we could probably go on for days talking about Revelation. That's true. Because there's so much to unpack. But hopefully this is a good, like, introduction for you guys and a good reminder (laughs) to just, yeah, a good reminder to just get back into it. Like, it's going to take time. It's not going to come all at once. Your understanding of the way that the Spirit speaks to you is not going to change or happen overnight. It's going to take a lot of work, and you Mm -hmm. have to be willing to put in that work. If you're in the frame of mind right now where you cannot put in that work, don't beat yourself up about it. Like, Mm -hmm. take time, because I promise you that once you're finally in the right frame of mind and once you're able to commit to focusing on working on receiving revelation and working on understanding how the spirit speaks to you, it will be so much more fruitful than if you are trying to force yourself into doing it right this second. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And I think the Lord will work with you as you do that. Like he's going to know when you're struggling. So he's not going to beat you up for the days when you don't have the ability, ability or the time to, to, do all the scripture study that you need to or anything. Yeah. He's going to work with you. The Holy Spirit will work with you. Um, and that's why it's important to do what you can when you can so that you can build up that communication. And so that when revelation does come your way, whether or not you've been able to put in as much work as you'd like to, that you're still ready to receive it and that, you, that you're ready to use it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I really got for you today. Oh. Pretty much, yeah. Like I feel, I feel like we've covered the basics pretty well, and I mean, yeah, we honestly could talk about Revelation forever. It's one of my favorite topics, and I love like reading stories about everyone receiving their revelation, and yeah. it's just, it's, it's a wonderful gift that we have, and I don't know, we need yeah. to use it as much as possible. So yeah, enjoy so it. If you guys have a cool story that you feel like you can share, because we know that like. A lot of revelations are very, very personal and people don't want to share those stories. But if you have a story that you have shared before or you feel comfortable sharing with us, Mm -hmm. like we want to know how the spirit speaks to you, how you understand and recognize the spirit's influence in your own life and just other cool things that have happened in your life because you followed the spirit of revelation. So Mm -hmm. DM us on Instagram, email us, funeral Mm -hmm potatoes for the singles at gmail.com mm-hmm. just smoke signal carrier pigeon whatever works for you honestly yeah we'll we'll receive it all you know that so yeah yeah we'd love to hear your stories we'd love to hear from you guys so please feel free to reach out to us at any time so yeah thanks for listening guys mm-hmm. yes yeah, so it's been good talking um and getting back to you guys so we'll hopefully be continuing <laughs> we'll hopefully get back on schedule soon <laughs> we'll be back to normal we yes. will that is our politicians mm-hmm. promise to you we'll hey <laughs> all right yes. bye all right. bye, bye.